was a good opening. Good job. Yay. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> I don't Hi. have words currently. Taylor is just not here. I'm here physically, but physically. mentally. I promised I was going to do the Instagram this week. Didn't oh, happen. We posted a picture, didn't we? Yeah, one. <laughs> it was like, we're here or something. Where we're in the world have here. you been? <laughs> not here. It's fine. Hello. Good morning. Good, morning. good afternoon. Happy. Good evening. Happy day. Happy day day. Whatever yeah. day day it is that you're listening. I wonder how many people actually listen on Monday. Yeah. Raise Monday your hand morning. if you listen on Monday. It's currently Monday. Raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> you're driving in your car on your way to work. Good luck today. That's when I listen. That's, That's my favorite time to listen on the way to work. Oh, I need music on my way to work. Oh. I need music like, on my way to work up. and then I need podcasts on my way home. Ah, oh, to like decompress. Yep, that's, that's exactly so it. I need something to pump me up on my way to work, and then I need something to <laughs> decompress after. Is it Hamilton or Jonas Brothers? Let's be real. Honestly, it's been One Direction. Oh yes, this whole week I love I've been listening you. to the four albums. Like oh, it's so fun. So like I'll work out to the first their first album, and then like on my way to work, I'm listening to their second one, that's but only hilarious. like a select few songs. So I love that. It's fun. It's, we met with our DJ this week yeah. for the wedding. Oh, I love it. And he was like, so like what kind of, or are your taste in music similar? Uh-huh. And I literally looked at him. I was like, nope. Yeah. He's like, what, what do you listen to? And I pointed at David. And I was like, country. he's a country guy. And then he pointed at me and he goes, she listens to the Jonas Brothers. It's <laughs> like, Accurate. dude, yes, yes, you read me so well. That's so funny because that's probably the same conversation we had with our DJ. He oh, was yeah. like, so like what kind of music? I'm like, he likes like yeah, what EDM do- type, EDM. Okay. like uh, mm-hmm. I don't even, electric, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And I am very much a um, Joe Bros, One Direction. Pop. Pop. Uh, throwback. Throwback. Yes. 90s. Even 80s, so throw some 80s in there. That's what we first bonded over, oh, was yeah. our taste in music, honestly. I also was watching Footloose, the newer oh, version, fun. and I forgot how much I love that movie. Never seen any of them. Okay. Don't judge me. I'm After sorry. this, I'm going to show you my favorite scene from the entire movie, and I've been watching it over and over again. The new one? The newer one. Oh, okay. It was still 2011. But oh. I actually... Oh, so Channing got, Tatum? No. Oh. No. Was that a thing? Julianne Hough. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I got to go to the premiere of that in 2011, what? and Julianne Hough and the main character were there, and I have a picture with both of them. What? Yeah. Am I making up that Channing Tatum was in one? A Footloose? Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> there's only the original Footloose. I don't know movies. And then there's the 2011 <laughs> Footloose, Oopsie. which the acting was eh, but I love oh. the dancing part of it. So. How is Julianne? Is she pretty um, good? She's good. You know, she, I think she wants, and I was watching like an interview with her. She wants to be like triple threat, like acting, singing, dancing. And I think she can do but it But she's all. also like killer looks. So oh, she's, she's already a triple threat. Stunning. Gosh. So yeah. And her love brother's it. cool too. Oh yeah. I love her brother. <laughs> the Huffs. Anywho. Anyway. This is teacher's this talk. This is where we talk about teaching stuff, not about dancing. <laughs> we like music. to talk about all things. <laughs> oh, sidebar. The um, officer at our school stopped me on oh gosh, Friday yes. on my way out. So shout out to you, Officer M. Um, he stopped me on my way out and he was like, hey, are you like the podcaster? And I was like, oh, crap oh crap like what did we say what did we do i was like uh yes and he was like i listened to your podcast it is awesome i want to know how he found it so his teacher i don't know how he found it maybe the newspaper okay but his wife is also a teacher 
And he was like, I sent it over to her so that she could listen. And he said the content was like spot on. She's so happy. So thank you for listening, both of you. And also thank you for keeping your campus safe. Yes, you are awesome. He's just, he just wanders around. Yep. Sometimes you see him in the hall, but it's just a nice presence to know that we are in good hands. And he's so casual. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Love it. And then. We got an email this I was, week. I just was did you pull, pull it up? I have the email um, open. Yeah. Will you read it? Yeah. I have yet to read it, honestly, and I oh, need to. We're gonna read this live. So this is live, a live I, reaction. Unless it says in there, but I'm gonna just read it. So it says, "Hi, Skylar and Taylor. My name is blank. I don't want to say her blank. name. I also live in the Phoenix area. <gasps> I'm a mom of two oh. girls and studying education at GCU. I started listening to you guys and love the podcast. I work part time in an after-school elementary program. There can be up to 60 kids in my room with multiple teachers. Usually it's around 40 on a day-to-day basis. It can get crazy, but I love it. So when it's time to go outside, getting them to be quiet to line up is a challenge. After listening to the Love and Logic episode, I wanted to try I'm happy to take a quiet class outside. I said it a couple of times so they heard me and then crickets, literally. No way. It was the quietest they had ever been for me. I was so amazed. Wow. So I just bought the book. Your podcast also helps me parent my two daughters, one and three, oh and gosh. has helped me with my patience in just the week I've been listening. I'm so what? sorry. I'm sorry this is so long, but I needed to let you guys know how impactful you both are. Oh my oh, gosh. I just, we just both read that for the first that time. That is huge. So if you want to be named... Like if you ever send us an email and you want to be named, yeah, please let, let us, us know, know because that just made my day. Oh my God. That's so awesome. I was like, that is so cool. I'm feeling tired this morning, but that just got me yeah. pumped. That Aww. just like is why we do this, oh, you know, like gosh, that is yeah. very much the reason behind the podcast, yeah. you know, is to reach as many people as we yes. can and like save people where we can. <laughs> Even just that one phrase, I'm happy to take a quiet yeah. class and that worked for you. Dude, love and logic works wonders. It does. I love that thing. I, I need, I need to, I re-listened, but I almost need to just reread because I'm, I am right there with you. I'm in a hard time this year. I feel that I would love to reread it, but I want to like do it as a faculty or like a small mm. group so we can sit and yeah. talk and kind of like our book club dissect it yeah we, we have, i don't know what's um, happening this year yeah <laughs> sorry y'all. I think we may have been off more than we can chew <laughs> a lot more <laughs> the club our day-to-day yeah. work life i will planning. say friday they had to put a camera in my class because of how hard it's been on me and they were like we're gonna record your entire day to yep. try and figure out where we can help you the most like that's where my life is at right now so <sighs> it's crazy yes and but she's killing it I every day. I wouldn't say that, but you thank you. Are. <laughs> it's hard. Not easy. But anyway, thank you for the emails. We will be responding to that beautiful email. Yes. And then we always love to get more. Yes. So send us your emails. Even um, like we keep saying teacher tales. We yeah. love teacher tales. Uh, so we can do a whole episode on them. Yeah. But. Whether it be like something that has made an impact on you from the podcast or Which I guess something we that happened the first week. <laughs> No, but that was like so special. I just love these emails. But yeah, reach out to us. We love hearing from you guys. I think this is the most emails we've ever received. So I'm like I'm really excited super about pumped. It. Uh, pod at gmail.com. So always or feel free. If you don't have an email and you have an Instagram, by some 
chance. I was like, I don't know how that would happen. <laughs> Pretty sure you need an email to get an Instagram. Oh no, I think you need a phone number. Oh, maybe. Oh. I don't know. Ugh. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> but you can follow us on Instagram, which we will be present at at some point in our lives. Yeah, we'll get back to it. We want to hit. We're 11 we're followers away so from a thousand. Close. <laughs> we're so close. But it's teachers underscore talk underscore podcast. Oh, now we're 12 away. <laughs> Dang, we just lost one. <laughs> every time I notice, every time we gain one, we at least lose one because we Dang. just say at the same number. <laughs> That's so funny. Anyway, we'll, we'll get back on our A game. Yeah. Well, okay. So today I'm going to get started because I have a lot that I wanted to cover today and I'm going to try and like not speed through it, but speed through it a little bit because it's a lot of information. This might sound pretty similar to your episode, Taylor, on the Finnish book that mm, you read. Mm-hmm. So this one that I read and I truly, truly, truly think that if you are at least a high school teacher that you should read this book. Um, but elementary school teachers, obviously, because I found this to be impactful. It's just some good information on our education system in America and what we should be doing to change um, our education system. I'm 1000% in. <laughs> Bring it on. So I really, this, I'm probably going to have to do multiple parts, hopefully two, but this, this first part is really just the introduction and then the first chapter. Cool. So, and it's, it's, um, it's a lot of information. So this book I read over the summer is called The Global Achievement Gap by Tony Wagner. Um, so it's The Global Achievement Gap, why even our best schools don't teach the new survival skills our children need and what we can do about it. Again, I picked this book up because I was, you know, thinking about the knowledge gap mm-hmm. that we had read, though this is not really related to that at all. I'm really glad I did pick it up. So, the introduction, he kind of Tony Wagner just kind of states some facts for us to kind of get us in the mindset of like why he wrote this book mm-hmm. and why he does like the research and the seminars and the things that he does. Does it say what he is? Is oh, he a doctor or an educator? Shiza. I'll look it up. Yeah, you can look it up. I'm Tony sure it says it's Wag- he, he travels around the United States and does um, like seminars and discussions and talks and things like that. Yeah. It says he's an educator. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's my bad. I probably love it when educators write books. I am all for it. That's my fave. So here are some facts that he says we need to face. The high school graduation rate in the United States, which is about 70% of the age cohort, is now well behind that of countries such as Denmark, which is at 96%, Japan, 93%, and even Poland, 92%, and Italy, 79%. So that means our graduation rate is so, so low compared to all these other countries. Hmm. And I probably should have prefaced this. This book was originally written... In the early 2000s, and I have the book that was revised in 2014. Okay, so it's 2008, I think, and then Mm -hmm. uh, he revised it in 2014. So it is still a little bit older. I'm sure there's a lot more, like, new information. I was going to say, I'd love an update. I wonder if he would do another, like, 2022 update, but... Let's reach out to him. (laughs) Hey. Hey, Tony. Tony Wagner. (laughs) (laughs) another fact is that 65 percent of college professors report that what is taught in high school does not prepare students for college one major reason is that the test students must take in high school for state accountability
study purposes usually measure ninth or 10th grade level knowledge skills, primarily multiple choice assessments. They rarely ask students to explain their reasoning or to apply knowledge to new situations, which are skills that are critical for success in college and neither teachers nor students receive useful feedback about college readiness I'm just like sitting here shaking my head yeah. because yeah and that's what yeah. and really this it's whole so book frustrating there's a whole chapter on testing like what testing has done to our country and he yes and I will I will kind of forewarn you he does kind of not I don't want to say bash that's not the right word but he does say you know what no child left behind has done to our country with its good intentions. And now, it's done a lot. Mm-hmm. It's done a lot of damage. I would just love to hear someone fight for standardized testing. Yeah. Like tell me like what we did a paper on that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember like, what, what are class. the benefits. Yeah. And it was like, well, make sure that everyone's being held accountable. But I'm like, under what premise? Mm-hmm. Like define accountable because mm-hmm. these are crushing. Yes. Ugh. Yes. Continuing on, he says an estimated 85% of the current jobs and almost 90% of the fastest growing and best paying jobs now require post-secondary education. According to America's Perfect Storm, um, which is I think is a book, um, but I just kind of quoted it from here. Over the next 25 years or so, nearly half of the projected job growth will be concentrated in occupations associated with higher education and skill levels. This means that tens of millions more of our students and adults will be less able to qualify for higher paying jobs because mm-hmm. they need that post-secondary education. The U.S. ranks 10th among industrial nations in the rate of college completion by 25 to 44-year-olds. And basically, Tony Wagner just states, schools have not changed, the world has. So essentially, like, our world and our societies have changed so much, but our schools have stayed the way they were years and years ago. Yeah, since they were founded, (laughs) essentially. Uh, This next part is just, he titles a new context for schooling. So just some more, not like facts, but just some more about like the schooling systems. So work, learning, and citizenship in the 21st century demand that we all know how to think, Mm -hmm. to reason, analyze, weigh evidence, problem solve, and to communicate effectively. These are no longer skills that only the elites in a society must master. They are essential survival skills for all of us. And again, I'll go into the seven survival skills that he named for a um an employee essentially a worker in america and yet we sit here and passively listen to lectures and Mm -hmm. take scantron tests yes those of you that were raised in the same time that we were exactly and there's a quote that i'll put down below that i know you'll like about about textbooks yes (laughs) bring it he says that boredom continues to be the leading cause of our high school dropout rate so there was part of it that he went into of like interviewing you know drop high school dropouts Mm -hmm. and most of it wasn't because like um like outside external factors right meaning like you know unplanned pregnancy things like that most of the dropout rate was because of how bored they were in school and how they did not find they did not find their schooling useful which is horrifying but that that's the (laughs) educator's fault that's like the system's fault yeah exactly not instilling a love of learning and like a desire to 
spread the knowledge that you've mm-hmm. obtained over years of learning exactly oh, heartbreaking even more professional development for teachers and better textbooks and tests though necessary are insufficient yeah. as solutions the problem goes much much deeper to the very way we conceive of the purpose and experience of schooling and what we expect our high school graduates to know and to be able to do so again it's not just hmm throwing professional development on educators it's we it's the it's just the the foundation that we've been growing upon in our education system is just it's failing us I can't wait to hear what he suggests for that (laughs) and I won't even be able to get into the schools that are he so there's a full chapter on schools that are doing it right essentially okay so I'll just go over this really quick. I'll go over chapter one today, which is the new world of work and the seven seven survival skills. And then the other chapters are the old world of school, testing one, two, three, reinventing the education profession, motivating today's students and tomorrow's workers. And then the last chapter is closing the gap, which is schools that work. So mm-hmm. I think in a future ep- episode, I'll like maybe just do like smaller um, portions of those chapters, but really dive into the schools that are working. Yeah, because I and I, what I hate to brag, but I do. When I was reading through that chapter, a lot of what I saw is what I see at our yeah in our high school. Yeah, um, that's how I felt though about the knowledge gap when mm-hmm. we read that. I was like, oh, we're doing this. It makes me feel yeah. confident in where yeah. I work. Well, and it makes me feel confident about putting our kids into that education yes, system. Exactly. Like, truthfully, like I don't feel super confident sending our kids to schools in the like in, in the, the area. surrounding area yeah. exactly like I I and obviously I'm biased because we work there but yeah like when you read all these books and you mm-hmm. kind of like dive into why our school is working mm-hmm. but yet like you look at the test scores and the test scores whatever I'm yeah. like no screw the standardized <laughs> test it's all I would rather my kid be equipped for the real world mm-hmm. than can fill out a freaking scantron exactly properly i just had it i just recalled my dream after Ooh, i said freaking freaking <laughs> i was like in my dream i yelled freaking i guess at some point in the classroom and all the kids looked at me no the kids looked at me they're like what and i was like oh my gosh is that a bad word like i'm so i don't know why that just came to me but i definitely had that in my dream That's what so in the funny. world and so and i this is completely oh random but i was just looking at my cup and he accidentally wrote taylor lol and crossed <laughs> and it out double exclamation point smiley face <laughs> so we always go to the same How coffee funny. place but we didn't go this morning just because taylor wasn't feeling great so but i was like i still need my coffee 100 um, and lane That's our coffee so our coffee guy um he wrote taylor's name on accident he's my and favorite then crossed it out and wrote skylar i with love every face. human at that place oh favorite coffee place like four till four if you're i was gonna phoenix. say we should shout them out because i just i love them if you're in the phoenix area go to it four i till promise four. you it's on indian school in marshall what is that marshall cool. yeah and it's awesome once it gets to fall we always get rosemary, but once it gets to fall, get the pumpkin. Oh, yes. Mm. It is killer. That just made me so excited. I know. I thought about that yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. Anyway. And then you can get hot coffee. Mm-hmm. I get hot coffee anyway. I know. You always get, even like 115 degree weather. She's like, I'll take a hot rosemary latte. I'm like, you're a psychopath. <laughs> Anywho. I just don't like how the ice melts. Melts so fast. And it makes fast. it so watery. I agree. I just don't love it. Anyway. <laughs> so side note. I don't even know how we got there. Um, Tony Wagner states, 
The quote-unquote problem simply stated is that the future of our economy, the strength of our democracy, and perhaps even the health of the planet's ecosystems depend on educating future generation in ways very different from how many of us were schooled, which I like wholeheartedly agree with. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we live in such a different world, therefore our schooling should be yes. so different. Yes. It should be it should be ever-changing with yes. our society. It should be like a living, breathing system where we're always learning. We're always updating and changing. Like, why are we so stagnant in our practices and in our system as a whole? Yeah. Chapter. So that was just kind of the intro. So this is chapter one, which is the new world of work and the seven survival skills. Tony Wagner, uh, he travels, like I mentioned before, he travels to schools and conferences across the country to do like some consulting. He offers workshops, he gives talks, and as a part of his talks with teachers, principals, and parents, he often shows um, a like 15 minute or so of a classroom video, and then he asks the audience to grade that lesson given by a teacher. And no matter which video he chooses of a classroom, the narrowest grade range he's ever received is an A to a D. So no matter what video he shows, people will always grade it from an A to a D level, which essentially just proves that we don't, we're not all on the same page. Mm -hmm, Clearly. We are nowhere near on the same page. If one person is giving it an A and one person is giving it a D, that means that our, our, um standards are much different clearly that makes that's sense. a huge that's not even close to that's being not in the like same an range. a to a b that's like the wow. whole range so even veteran groups of educators have widely different views on quality of lessons interesting which i just found yeah like you said very interesting Throughout the chapter, Tony Wagner interviews um, many like managers, executives in large companies, and even some CEOs of large corporations to ask what they look for in employees. Uh, here are just some two quotes, but throughout the entire book, there's like so many more. Um, this is this one is from Christy Pedra Pedra. I, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. She serves as the president and CEO of Simon's Hearing Instruments, which is one of the largest hearing instrument manufacturers in the world. So she says it comes down to how how well you ask questions. I ask questions for a living. If you want young people to be scientists, it's not how much they can retain, but how much they can explore. It's about how they ask the next question. I can look up anything, but I can't take it to the next level without pushing and exploring. And that's what I want young people to learn to do. I want them to never stop asking questions. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Well, and it's, just, I like don't mean to get off on tangents, yeah. but it's like that is the beauty in education and what we are doing at our school is yes. we grade off of sense of wonder we and do. depth of inquiry. Mm-hmm. Like, we are pushing students to ask questions and to ask why and how things mm-hmm. work. And when that happens, it is one of the most beautiful things. Not only is it good for them, mm-hmm. but it is just like inspiring yes. to the core. Yes. Like I went and one of my students keeps asking me, Miss Brown, if we have time today, can we go into like one of our question rabbit holes? Mm-hmm. And I was like, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And they're relevant. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Yep. Yeah, every every school should be striving to do that. Yes. Because they do need it. 
And then another one was from Jonathan King, which is an internationally renowned molecular biologist who teaches a range of biology courses to both undergraduate and graduate students in uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. That's hard to say. So he says, (laughs) he says, I worry about the future of science in this country. For kids to get passionate about science, they have to get their hands dirty. Literally, they have to have labs where they study things in depth and learn to observe instead of just memorizing facts from a textbook seriously again those are just two quotes but there were so many more but those are so impactful like Mm -hmm. if you i'm just gonna say if you're a teacher and you are reading off of a textbook Mm -hmm. you need to change the name of your game because your kids are not going to be inspired and they're going to not remember anything from your class i promise you that exactly get creative have fun with it make it as hands-on as you can. Mm -hmm. I just, it breaks my heart Mm -hmm. just to know like there are teachers that are reading from a textbook. Yeah. What is that doing? Well, and what breaks my heart and we, we go into this, I feel like too much, but it breaks my heart that there are schools that don't even have time for history or science, which is such crap. It is. It is read the knowledge gap. Like there is time, Uh make time, figure it out because you're going to boost those reading scores with that but it comes it comes back to the standardized testing and how we're so worried and I'll get into it in this next part we're so worried about the standardized tests that we're so focused on math and ELA that we don't even want to worry about history or science because we need to make sure that we get those test scores it's it's so unfortunate this next part is literally the global achievement gap so this is where he's going to explain Increasingly in America today and in other countries, there are two achievement gaps in our education. Oh my gosh, education <laughs> systems. The first of these, which is very well documented, widely discussed, and is the focus of education reform efforts for the past decade or so, which is the gap between the quality of schooling that most middle class kids get in America and the quality of schooling available for most poor and minority children. So that's that first gap he's explaining is between how um, the quality of education that students are getting in the middle class to higher class and then the minority children well not only that like in public education but also the difference between private and public Mm -hmm. is astronomical it is it can be depending on the private oh totally the private education when I those of you that don't know both my sisters went to a private school Mm -hmm. in high school and I went to a public and I look at their education and I just get beside myself like it is so (laughs) it's frustrating yeah Yeah. it's frustrating especially with you in a family where you know that your sisters had a better are so smart yeah they had a better education and and it is unfortunate that's why i'll be sending my kids to our school (laughs) period the tuition free let me just shout it out yep tuition Tuition free. free they do we get we are we are publicly funded we are not a private school correct The second is the global achievement gap between what even our best suburban, urban, and rural public schools are teaching and testing versus what all students will need to succeed as learners, workers, and citizens in today's global knowledge economy. So again, the first one is really just the gap between the education, so the quality. School to school. The school to school and then the second is the the achievement gap between those schools like what they're actually like what they're actually learning exactly 
conducive to their future society. Mm -hmm. And as a country, we've been striving to close the first gap by bringing our poorest schools up to the standards of our middle class schools, mainly through increased testing and greater (laughs) accountability for progress as measured by tests. So again, that's where kind of no child left behind, which I'll get into in just a second. But we're trying to bring up those schools to the standards of the middle class schools. But in turn, I think it's just it's just failing us. Aren't we at a point where we can just admit like, hey, we tried this whole testing thing. It and it's failed. We're clearly not reaping the rewards that they thought that we would. Mm-hmm. And we just need to scratch it mm-hmm. and do something better because clearly it's not working for us. And I will say I, when I get into a different episode on the schools that are working, the schools that are working are doing project based learning and they're not, they don't focus on tests. So I'll get into that in a, in a future episode, but even in our quote unquote good schools, students are simply not learning the skills that matter most for the 21st century. Our systems of public education, meaning our curricula, our teaching methods, and the tests that were required students to take, um, were created in a different century for the needs of another era. And they are just hopelessly outdated. So completely outdated. And even with like the revamp in, well, because in Arizona, something happened with this state test that we grew up with, Ames. I think like a teacher treated or something. And Oh, really? I, I don't know. I remember seeing something knows? in like 08. It was like, yeah, teachers stole the test scores, but whatever. <laughs> that's beside the point. Like even with the update with AZ Merit or whatever we call it now. Is it something different than AZ Merit? I don't, I, I think it's like. AZ I don't know it has a weird name okay but anyway regardless it's still a standardized test that does not measure a human being's like anything ability yeah yeah nothing about it like I remember taking the SAT and I was like this shows you nothing about who I am Mm -hmm. what I'm capable of doing nope and I bombed those things (laughs) bombed and it's and it's defeating too because you feel like you've worked so hard just to get this test score back and you feel worthless after my mom bombed her I don't remember which like she's well actually I don't think she bombed it she said she did she's a lawyer but like she can't standardize tests and she's one of the smartest humans I've ever met yeah like no this does not tell you anything about a child Mm -hmm. or a person yep not at all sorry no you're fine pedestal (laughs) The universe in which our children must compete and succeed has been rapidly transformed by groundbreaking and rapidly evolving technologies, as well as the stunning economic growth of countries such as China, India, Thailand, the Philippines, and many, many more. So this is where it kind of goes into like no child left behind. And again, he doesn't, I don't want to say he bashes it, but like I am, I agree with a lot of what he says about it. (laughs) Yeah. While No Child Left Behind was well-intended, its implementation is, in fact, putting all of our children further behind and acquiring the new survival skills for learning, working, and citizenship, which I'll get into those survival skills in just a minute. Because we just want to make sure that your kids can take a test because that's going to be their (laughs) job when they grow up as a test taker. Exactly. Other studies have shown that overall students' achievement has not significantly improved as a result of the implementation of NCLB, so No Child Left Behind. What preoccupies many educators are the growing pressures to prepare all students for the increased number of high-stakes standardized tests. 
And we simply just don't have the time to worry about abstractions like the workforce preparedness when we are um, a lot more worried about the school or district making what's called adequate yearly progress. So we're not stigmatized as failing. Again, that's just proving that all, all of our time goes to making sure that they're ready for these tests. Yes. Rather than ridiculous. focusing on well, the child. And I'm just going to say an unpopular opinion at our school. So we do a, a thing, a test thing called Galileo. Mm-hmm. I am so against it. And mm-hmm. I have brought it up to administration before. Yeah, It's supposed to help like identify how students are going to do on AZ merit, which we still have to take because we are publicly funded. Mm -hmm. So it is required of us. And obviously like we want to prepare for that, but let me tell you, this computer test is so not age appropriate for seven year olds. Nope. Holy crap. It is frustrating. Mm -hmm. It is overwhelming. They can't read half of it. And I'm like, and then they want us to base instruction off of this. And like, mm. what is this doing for them? Well, and what blows my mind is the math one. And almost half my kids came back highly proficient. I was like, I, oh, don't I haven't think, even looked. I don't even think that's accurate. No. The ELA no. one, I had like half my class either minimally or partially proficient, which is like below grade level. Yeah. Um. But the math one, they all came back like highly proficient, which That's is like crazy. not accurate at all. I don't even care. <sighs> I'm sorry, admin, if you're listening to this. I know. I know. And it's not like we have a, they have a choice or we have a choice. No. It's a, it's a network thing. It, it, it's not even, it's a state thing. It's a state it's thing, a state thing yeah. unfortunately. But it's just like. It's hard. I look at this and I'm like clicking and dragging and moving these things are not age appropriate Mm-mm. first off like the computer skills that are required yeah first and foremost are not age appropriate mm-hmm. second off like reading a story about a bicycle like <laughs> what yeah and then i yeah that was so we did that thursday and friday and those were like the two hardest days Dude, for my class just because they get it was burnt they do burnt i well, had kids test from 9 a.m until 2 30 p.m mm. not straight i like made them go eat lunch go to recess do all that but yeah. like what i still have students that didn't finish it's absurd it is i just mm, i could go on about and that's just <laughs> we don't even dabble in az merit Mm-mm. i can't even imagine what that feels yeah. like and the pressure of it too yeah because then you look back like you have to look at that with your headmaster vice principal or yeah. principal whatever and it's like be, then they start turning it on you mm-hmm. like this is you yeah this, this is how you change no yeah no every well, class is and different it, and it looks they like with our um prop three or 301 yes. bonus is is based upon which test scores irks me it does like no you should not be paid for the success of your classroom yeah. Especially when you like you don't know what hand you're being dealt. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I have 10 kids that are below benchmark in reading right now. Well, yeah, I don't. And it's I one of those things is I think our, our profession should be um, like you. Sh- what's it called? Um, um, competitive pay. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you should get paid based on how well of a teacher like how yes. good of a teacher you are but not yes. based on your test scores your test scores because half the kids don't even care what they're doing oh no i had four kids that just yeah. clicked buttons yep. and went through same especially the kids that can't read it yeah 
they're like mm, why bother i have a student on an iep and he just cl- he was the first one to finish yep. and he just clicked through so it's just no it's not uh, accurate yeah that was side tangent but how do you all feel about standardized testing please tell us come at us all right so the next portion excuse me i'm starting to get a little yeah you're stuffy stuffy. i've been stuffy this week and it's just like hit or miss depending (laughs) on how long i've been talking so when i read a book to the kids my voice starts to get like worse and worse as i'm reading like i'm fine like i'm fine Okay, so this next portion, and this is what I'll end with today, are the seven survival skills that Tony Wagner states. So these are things that children should be learning. These are the survival skills that we should be instilling in our our young children and young adults in high school. The first one I think is probably the most important is critical thinking and problem solving. So the habit of asking good questions was most frequently mentioned as an essential component of critical thinking and problem solving skills. And this is something, again, that we were talking about is just like asking good questions or just asking questions, being curious, Mm -hmm. which is also another survival skill that I'll go over in a minute. The way work is organized now is uh, lots of networks of cross-functional teams that work together on specific projects. I noticed this even in our school. We Mm -hmm. are a team-based school yes we focus on our team and we are not individual teachers we are a second grade team we are a first grade team we not are only that but we are a school. school team exactly and teams have to figure out the best way to get there the solution is never prescribed so again with and i think it goes into it but when we do these standardized testing we're not testing problem solving skills we're testing here's a problem here are four possible answers choose your answer which is not how life works we don't pick a b or c yeah you don't get an option sometimes it's you have to figure it out for yourself employees need to sift through an overwhelming amount of information in order to figure out what's important and what's not and to do this you have to obviously think critically Critical thinking skills are not tested in any of the new state tests or even in college entrance entrance tests like the SATs or the ACTs. You know where it could all start is mm-hmm. with universities just like not taking those anymore. <laughs> like, Which honestly, didn't you say in your la- in that episode that you did that there are a handful of schools that don't take SAT scores? Yes, I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I thought I heard that. I th- maybe from you, but maybe not. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I oh, wish that was the case. Don't because, hold me to that. <laughs> but like, there are so many other things that you could assess, you know? Yeah. Like, they're just, that was an easy way out. Mm-hmm. Let's look at this test and like, weed out the ones that we don't want. Yes. And like, again, in a future now. episode, I he gives an example of a test that they take at one of these high schools that's yeah. uh, um, problem-based, like critical thinking yes. and not multiple choice. I feel like, I don't think I said it, but I think like some Ivy League schools are looking more into like extracurricular, like what you are doing as a whole person mm-hmm. versus your, your SAT, ACT. Yeah, and that's what I think. Like, I think this book goes into some yeah. of them. Um, and I said, Taylor, you're going to love this quote. Quote, 
throw out the textbooks. The answer yeah. is not in the textbooks. No. The answer is in everything but the books. Literally. End quote. <laughs> Literally. Get your face out of a freaking textbook. <laughs> like Your kids are learning nothing if and you're reading to them. Books. Or if you're reading out loud as a student. Yeah. Let me tell you, I retained nothing I read out loud because yep. I was sitting there panicked mm-hmm. about popcorn reading exactly and if someone was going to call on me yes don't scar your children i know like that. i i hate i will never Ooh. call on a student to read because nope. i was traumatized same. by that i will never Absolutely call traumatized. on a child to read unless they want to same same i will not do it critical thinking skills include the ability to apply abstract knowledge to solve a problem and to develop and execute a solution it includes the ability to think broadly and deeply Having and using a framework for problem identification, meaning assumptions and facts, acquiring information, and viewing alternative solutions. And then another one, another part of critical thinking is surrounding yourself with people who have differences of opinion and who can help come to the best solution, i.e. team-based leadership. And also listening to difference of opinion and not just like shutting them out because- Clearly, that's the world that we're living in. Yes. We have our opinions and we view And that's our, all we care about. Yes. And what I loved that we did at our school is um, our two years ago or three years ago when we did our, um, what's it called? Our personality. Training. Oh, yeah. The, oh, uh, you think of it. I, I will not be able to think of it, but we did our personality. And I, no, it's not Instagram. Keep talking. <laughs> Where Myers-Briggs. We, Myers-Briggs where we identified our personalities that was sick and the reason we did that is so that we could really see on our team who had what personality because if you're all working together and you all have the same personality you're not going to get those differences of opinions and you're not going to get those different um, outside ideas things like that so it's all about also surrounding yourself with those differences in opinions Mm -hmm. So that is the first survival skill, which is, again, critical thinking and problem solving. The next one is collaboration across networks and leading by influence. So the skillfulness of individuals working with networks of people across boundaries and from different cultures has become an essential prerequisite for a growing number of multinational corporations. Partnership for 21st Century Skills agrees that understanding and appreciating diverse cultures are additional core competencies that all high school graduates need to master. And then I like this part. It said that high school graduates graduates really need to know how to understand another culture or religion rather than just speaking like a few words or phrases. They need to know how to find and make sense of important information about other cultures. These abilities, oh, this is this is a quote that I really liked. Mm-hmm. These abilities, <laughs> in theory, are consistent with the outcomes of a good... Li- re- li- I missed you it. were almost <laughs> there. Let me start over. These abilities, in theory, are consistent with the outcomes of a good liberal arts education. AKA, come to our school. <laughs> Thank you and we goodbye. We do teach at a liberal arts yes. school and we really appreciate the curriculum and the content that we teach yes because it is like you're looking at like for example we're about to jump into ancient india yes. you know and go over customs and traditions and we holidays dive, even and in second religions grade, we dive deep into other cultures yes. yeah and so does first grade yes. and i don't know what kindergarten does but i know first I grade, does, every grade does incas and aztecs and we just like and it's really we appreciate 
Yes. We appreciate it. We but get to learn celebrate. about it. Like I didn't learn about that growing up. Yeah, exactly. It's like not fair that I didn't get to dive into those cultures growing yes. up and I wasn't knowledgeable about mm-hmm. other religions even. Yes. Like, what? Yes. Crazy. And we learn about, you know, our American customs and things yeah, and whatever. Yeah, we do American history too. Yeah. And like the signing of the constitution how exactly. freaking cool is that i had i because we always have the constitution on our wall and i have a student that looks at it and she goes what is that are we gonna learn about that and i was like yes, yes we, we are, are. <laughs> and i saw the real thing this summer i know let so me excited. tell you i'm so excited okay so that one again was the second survival skill which is collaboration across networks and leading by influence the third one is agility and adaptability To survive, you have to be flexible and adaptable and a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. Love that. Employers are looking for people who have a passion to embrace new ideas. Our system of schooling promotes the idea that there are right answers and that you get rewarded if you get the right answer, essentially. And we even at our school, I try, like, we don't, again, we talk about how we don't really do reward systems, Mm -mm. um, for that reason, but just our schooling systems, we, we, um, this is the one way to solve the math problem. Get it right. There's the, there's the right answer, which is so not true. Like when we do number talks, there Mm -hmm. are so many ways, so many ways we got to get Carter on to talk about that. We should. Cause I mean, like, you look at how a child breaks apart and decomposes numbers mm-hmm. and you could do it a million ways. Exactly. You know? And it's so important to show them that yeah. just because you solve it this way doesn't mean that somebody else can't solve it a different exactly. way. Exactly. And then the uh, Tony Wagner states to be comfortable with the new economy and environment. You have to understand that you live in a world where there isn't one right answer, mm-hmm. which is so accurate. And then the next survival skill is initiative initiative and entrepreneurship. This one is just short. I just have a couple points on it. Leadership is the capacity to take initiative and trust yourself to be creative. That's the hardest part is to trust yourself to be creative because Mm -hmm. we're not letting our kids be creative anymore. Yes. Especially with like the defunding of specials. Yeah. Arts programs. Like not to say that that's the only outlet of mm-hmm. creativity, but like it's one and yes. it's an important one. Well, and and we have to fund that. I appreciate because at our school they get, they get physical education, they get a language, which is French, and then they also get art and music. Yeah. So they get like a taste of each of these and you know, some might thrive more than others in certain ones. And that's really how they can start to find their creativity in these certain yeah. specials. Leaders today want to see individuals take more initiative and even entrepreneurial. I can never say that word. Entrepreneurial. Thank you. In terms of the ways they seek out new opportunities, ideas, and strategies for improvement. So again, these companies are looking for for people to take initiative and and to give their ideas and things like that. They don't want passive people. No, they do not. They which is great because I feel like. We are moving out of that era. I think so. It feels like it. Okay. I'm just flipping to a page. So the next survival skill is effective oral and written communication. And I kind of wanted to just read this part from the book because I 
couldn't capture it in like one or two sentences. So I'm just going to read this kind of portion of it. It says communication skills are a major factor highlighted in dozens of studies over the years that focus on students' lack of preparation for both college and the workplace. And these skills are only going to become more important as teams are increasingly composed of individuals from diverse cultures. The ability to express one's views clearly in a democracy and to communicate effectively across cultures is an important citizenship skill as well. When employees were asked about the skills of high school graduates in the Partnership for 21st Century Skills, um, which was a study that was mentioned earlier on, it quotes, more than half say that written communication, which includes includes writing memos, letters, complex reports clearly and effectively is, quote, very important for high school graduates' successful job performance. And 80.9% of employers respond um, that high school graduate entrants um, are deficient in this. Absolutely. Because they can't write effectively like they can't and I am a part of this I find that my writing is ineffective my writing did not flourish until college unfortunately and I find you to be a very good writer so me yeah thanks I think that you do a very good job when you write it's because my mom was an English major (laughs) (laughs) but seriously like I I remember my first paper in college my teacher was like okay, we're writing about rhetoric or like we're doing a rhetoric paper. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, what does <laughs> like, that mean? Well? <laughs> but like, seriously, I remember I had to get like tutored. I had to go to like think tank or whatever those things are called. Hmm. Cause I didn't know how to communicate my ideas onto a platform. Yes. I didn't. Yeah. My high school did not prepare me for college mm. at all. Yeah. And luckily I went to like an in-state college mm-hmm. university, but holy cow (laughs) well I just I felt um I felt dumb in my master's program I I, in master's really oh yeah the amount well the amount of writing that we had to do in our master's program and when we got to the class on like data like analysis or whatever analyzing data I felt like so incredibly lost in that class because I could not read a study and like take the information from it and synthesize it analyze it I I've never felt more I hate the word but stupid I've never felt more stupid in my life but nothing prepared us for that you know like and yeah I learned college I I learned how to do a topic sentence three like points of whatever and then a conclusion like that was my that was my idea of writing you know so leaders from various companies were not necessarily complaining about young people's poor grammar punctuation or spelling which grammar yes (laughs) learn how to spell there exactly (laughs) and then you know obviously those things we spend a lot of time teaching and testing in our schools grammar punctuation spelling while it's obviously important to write and speak correctly the complaints that tony wagner heard most frequently were about how fuzzy thinking and lack of writing with a real voice like people just did not have a real voice when they wrote and communicated which i agree with but also sorry to interrupt it just reminds me of the higher ordered language that we use at Mm -hmm. our school like you should be speaking to these to your students Mm -hmm. as though they are like young adults you should be using elevated language and scientific terms Mm -hmm. and let them have that vocabulary exactly if you're talking to them like 
they are your BFF and you're using like slang and like calling them all goofy. Like you're not setting them up for success in the work life and you're just getting them accustomed to using poor language. And can I throw this out there? And I know a lot of people do this and it's nothing against you if you do, but people that teachers that say, Hey friends. Yeah. Hey friends. That hey, is always something that bothered me. And I say guys a lot. I try. I, really I have got to catch busted myself. for that my first year. I have to catch myself because I do say it a lot. But it's the, hey, friends, we're yeah. not doing that right now. Or, hey, friends. And I'm like, it just, it bothers me because yeah. you're not, you're not we're there. Not friends. To, and you can build that relationship yes. all day long and you can be very friendly. Yes. But, but you're, you're also like their educate, you know, like yeah. you're the mentor you should be a professional and you are their educator and you are there to guide them to success and that does not mean hey friends yeah so again if you do that I'm not I'm not um trying to denote demote denote what word am I thinking of I don't know I don't know I was trying to think of the right one yeah I'm not trying to demean there it is yeah I'm not trying to demean you in any way no that's just personally there's a time and a place something that bothers me yeah, because yes. you're not you're not their friend. No. You can have, like Skylar said, a great relationship, mm-hmm. but you are not their friend. You're not. Yes. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. You don't hear college professors saying, hey, friends, hey, friends today we're going <laughs> to learn. Like, yeah. No. Um, just to finish off the um, this survival skill of effective oral and written communication, uh, Tony Wagner asked, and I can't, I'm trying to look in my book to see who Rob Gordon is, but he says, when I asked Rob Gordon what advice he had for teachers today, he was, um, he was emphatic and he said, teach them to write. That's Mm. just what he said. And again, I, there's, I'm just looking on this page. Um, I'm sure it's someone of importance. What, how do you spell his name? O N or E N? Rob Gordon, Owen. Owen. I looked up Rob Gordon with an E N, and he was a. Oh, this guy's an actor and producer. So maybe not him. I don't, I don't know Rob Gordon. Him. Anyway, that was just that one. So the next affected. Nope. The next survival skill. I was just reading that. The next survival skill is accessing and analyzing information. Like so this we were is just talking about. What I was just talking about. There is so much more data that people have to synthesize. Yeah just with you know the internet and everything and they can't just produce a bunch of reports they have to find the important details and then say here's what we should do about it that's literally what our entire class was exactly and that's why I struggled so much in a very short period of time with the um invention not invention but when you know internet became such a widely used thing Mm -hmm. um and again this book was written in 2008 i think i said so this is obviously in a time where it was like really taking off um but with the internet and increasing availability of fast connections we have evolved from a society where only a few people had limited information to one where all of us experience an influx of information and can look up almost anything imaginable on our computer in a search that takes nanoseconds All this access to information is of little use and may even be dangerous if we don't know how to evaluate it. Yeah, that's the biggest part is like, yes, this can be a beautiful thing. And the Internet is, gosh, like one of the best, if not the best invention. (laughs) But you have to know how to evaluate Mm -hmm. what you are consuming. Exactly. And that's where and not to um, 
I can't even, I can't think of a word, but not to like say anything against a generation of people, but I just noticed my sister's generation where, um, they take the first bit of information and this is based on like three people that I know. So obviously this is not everybody, but they take that first bit of information they see and they run with it Mm -hmm. as it, as it is a, a fact or truth where we really need to be checking references and we need to, we need to ensure that what we're reading is fact or true. And that requires us to analyze data that we are seeing. And it can't just be like, Hey, I heard this in an article and like where I'm, I'm just thinking of like my sister, um, with like toothpaste. She was like, well, you can't have toothpaste with fluoride in it. Fluoride is bad. Fluoride can kill you. It has this and this and this, which not to say that that's not right. I'm sitting over here giggling like, yeah, I don't use fluoride. Yeah. Well, (laughs) dentists use fluoride on your teeth like but it's bad for your thyroid okay well and I have thyroid problems I know but it's more of like a you shouldn't be um ingesting over consuming yeah Yeah. and it like your teeth need it to a certain extent and it's just like it's one of those tiny little things where it's just like we take that information and we take it as truth and we run with it where we need to take information and analyze it before we before we believe it to be fully true but also like understand multiple source you know like get all your information before you you run and preach yes all right last but not least our last survival skill is curiosity and imagination creativity and innovation are key factors not only in solving problems but also in developing new or improved products and services Today's employees need to master both left brain skills, such as critical thinking and problem solving, accessing and evaluating information, and so on. And we also need to master right brain skills, such as curiosity, imagination, and creativity. Curiosity is about um, taking issues, situations, and problems and going to the root components. It's also about understanding how the problem evolved. And then it's also about looking at it from a systematic perspective, not just accepting things at face value, but being curious about why things are the way they are. I will say, I think our generation of education and probably those previous to us Mm -hmm. were robbed of our ability to be curious Mm -hmm. and to uncover our imaginations because I lost my curiosity early Mm -hmm. like I don't remember I can't pinpoint but I don't ever remember a time in my life where I was so like curious about what I was learning Mm -hmm. and I wanted to know more Mm -hmm. like obviously outside of school I was asking questions about like things going on around me Mm -hmm. but in school the things that I was studying it was just taken at face value yeah and accepted Fact, fact fact but now I have become insanely curious like as I teach the seasons you know and we're talking about the tilt of the earth we're Mm -hmm. talking about how seasons are creative and like why leaves are changing you know what I mean like there are beautiful things that come of curiosity and Mm -hmm. I just feel so sad that our generation was completely for the most part robbed Mm -hmm. I can't speak for everybody but at least myself and um, those around me that I've spoken to about this like we were robbed of forming curiosity Mm -hmm. and having like that depth of inquiry that I wish we would have had access to at a young age. But that also then transforms into your teaching and how you want 
We want the curiosity. We want to write down their questions. We want to answer their questions. And my favorite thing is when somebody asks such a curious question that I don't know that we really get to like look it up together if we have the time. And like you said, we grade on sense of wonder. So we we get to talk to parents about their child's sense of wonder and we get to, you know, write down their questions and say, look, these are the questions that they asked me. Like, how cool is that? Mm -hmm. That they were so curious about the seasons or they were so curious about ancient Greece and this battle versus this battle, whatever it might be. And I will say that if you are, because we have those conversations with parents and Mm -hmm. sometimes parents are like, yeah, they just like, don't stop asking questions. Like, change your mindset. Mm -hmm. You should be so excited that your kid is asking you 18,000 questions a day. Yeah. Let them, Uh you might not know the answer. That's okay. Be upfront with that. That's a really good question. I actually don't know the answer. We should go home and look that up. Yes. Have fun with it. Don't shut it down. Mm -hmm. Like when a kid asks why and how things Mm -hmm. work, play into it, have fun. Like I just don't be the parent that shoots it down. It just makes me sad. No. And then this last point that um, Tony Wagner makes, he said that an administrator at a seminar that he was leading asked, why is it that the longer our kids are in school, the less curious they <laughs> seem? He was just saying that. And he said the room fell silent. No one challenged this question, no. nor did anyone offer an explanation. No. And that's, it's scary. It's sad. And you want, I mean, we want to build We're, this generation yeah. of, of people who can, um, who can help global warming and who can cure cancer. Like, you know what I mean? We have, like, we want these we children great opportunities to have these opportunities and to become the people that they should become. And when you, when you put a stop to those curious questions, you're putting a stop to that curiosity. Yeah. So don't, don't do it. Obviously, no. you know, there's time and a place at school, but if they're totally. asking a curious question, you're like, wow, that's really cool. I wish I knew the answer. I don't have time right now, but maybe let's revisit it when we have some extra time. Yeah. Um, which I love that we do, um, our composition books where they can write down their questions if we aren't able to answer them. Yeah. And that's really helpful because then you can go back and look at those questions. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, those are the survival skills that Tony Wagner states are skills that, that, humans need in the workforce today and the book continues to go into how testing is is really um it has an effect in our society and uh he goes into he goes into classrooms and he just tells his observations about what he sees in classrooms and a lot of it is students sitting at their desk filling out a worksheet and teachers sitting at their desk um grading so he says he sees that more often than he would like and which is why we get a bad rap yeah it is it is but and this whole thing about summer's off yeah no I would love to continue this and do another episode yes please in the future so that you can hear from him on what he what schools he finds to be um doing it right essentially and I almost want him to come to our school and see if we're doing it right but does he Yes. Can you reach out to him? <laughs> I don't know. I can I'm try. so serious. Like, <laughs> hey, can you just like come give us feedback? Like, yeah. what can we change? And that's what he does. He He's goes to like, schools. Actually, Taylor, I want you all to get rid of Galileo immediately. I'll be like, great. Great. Done. On board. Thank you, you got it. <laughs> I will back you 100%. <laughs> but but yeah. for real, he should come. That would be really, really. You should reach out to him and just see what happens. See if I like, can. Like, I should reach out touch. to Natalie Wexler and be like, 
will you come on our podcast? <laughs> because that would be a dream. I don't know if these amazing people have time for our podcast, but that'd be awesome. They might. You never know. True. It's just teachers helping teachers. Exactly. There's educators. nothing better than that. Educators helping educators. On that note, <laughs> un positivo. Ah, do you have one? <laughs> I'm sure I do. My brain's just not working. I know. I was like, it was a real rough week for me. Um, I'm moving on Tuesday. There you go. That's my positive. That's I'm really positive. excited to get in. Yeah. I had moving a dream. A doozy. I had a dream. About my house? About your house. Was it great or was it bad? It was like... It Don't was tell me. No, funny. tell me. No, it was funny because okay. I went with you and it was like two days before you were supposed to move in. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I really want to get into the house right now. And then... I think someone like had let you in or something and we went in and like it was like paint like half of the walls were painted a different color or something <gasps> no and it wasn't it was in the dream it wasn't a bad thing I just remember being like huh interesting that's weird yeah interesting so, that was random. yeah I'm stoked that stoked it stoked it to move in it's gonna be lovely lovely I just want to be in one household <laughs> that would be nice I just can't wait It'll and not be. like be living out of a suitcase yeah I'm sure that's been because that's currently what's happening okay. it's fine what's your positive uh my positive is just kind of taking a mental break this weekend um and getting caught up it's been nice I had a really really hard week and I I was asked to do like a cake this weekend and it was the first time I've ever said no just for my mental health and I'm proud of myself for doing that. Yeah, that was wise. Because <laughs> I've never said no to a cake before I'm because proud of you. that's extra money in my pocket, but yeah. I just needed a, I needed a mental break and I needed to be able to just sit and um, catch up on work, but also sit and just kind of watch a movie and yeah, whatever it might be. Understood. But, well, yeah. I want popcorn. That's what I want right now. I had popcorn Friday night. That was nice. It's time to go eat breakfast. I'm starving. <laughs> Love you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Mm. Give us some feedback. And, yep. And we'll always take your emails. Always. Always. But Love you. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.